0: Hello 2024! How's it going? Did you have a good slide into the new year, as the Germans would say? Um, so if you're listening to Hype Woman for the first time, welcome to my space. My podcast is my creative therapy session where I get to put something out in the world without fear. Just a beautifully imperfect offering and culmination of of two topics that have shaped my identity as a woman. So back when I was a law student in South Africa, where we um, we were one of the first students who got to learn about South Africa's new constitution, which is premised on an expansive implementation of human rights because of South Africa's history of apartheid, learning about equality at a structural level makes me very aware of injustice so you know we studied case laws on discrimination we studied the reasoning judgments how the courts would interpret cases um, you know looked at direct and indirect discrimination and just watched as change actually began to happen and what needed to be implemented and I mean you know it's not perfect and it still has a long way to go but I would say like some 20 years looking back, like some things definitely made a difference. Um, and I celebrate these legal victories because over time, society starts to change and moves closer to equality. I, I see it with kids. kids. Kids are remarkable at adjusting to change. Um, and the truth is, you know, you don't have to have a law degree to sense when something is off in your day to day life. But my hope is that through the stories of women, you find the language to give meaning, depth, and understanding to your own experiences. And so number two, moving to Europe. This was a defining moment in my life. I was so naive. And when you're a foreigner, we tend to romanticize new places, which is great for holiday, But the longer I live in Germany, I could see that this is not quite the land of milk and honey. Um, Cape Town is. Ask those 80,000 Germans who are living in Cape Town, enjoying the sunshine and the ocean. Um, Yeah, but I observed that the majority of West German women living on average pay have a long shot at equality as compared to their male peers. And, you know, there's a lot of things that's missing, like adequate uh, childcare support in order for women to work full-time. Um, and, and, you know, it's, it's a lot. And as a migrant mother, this infuriated me. So in some ways, this podcast is my proverbial middle finger to the patriarchy. Now, don't get me wrong. I love men. Old white German men love me back. They say I have a nice way of challenging their thinking. Men hate being threatened. Just look at all the countries with male leadership. Yeah. I love to find interest in women who are living out their calling. Women who only compete with the lesser version of themselves. Women who bring a feminine narrative to male dominant spaces. And really empower us through their stories. I love a good story. So... Let's kick off this year with my word for the year. Are you ready? Can I get a drum roll? Okay, well, laptop, uh, keyboard would have to do. Um, My word for the year is fearless. And I'd like to just start with with a preamble. There's no such thing as fearless, not at my age. I know way too much. I think the only truly fearless people in the world are toddlers until they have this awareness that they are in fact not immortal little beings. I can hear the screams of moms yelling at their toddlers. You cannot run across the road without holding my hand. I know because I'm one of them. So yeah, who was fearless to you growing up? Do you have a person in your mind, a female role model that stood out to you? Or just it doesn't even have to be a role model. It can be anyone that stood out as fearless. And for me it was always one of those fat aunties at family gatherings who spoke out loud and didn't care what anyone thought. And they said these super crass jokes. And they had no shame and would probably like I would I would laugh quietly and then once i was old enough to catch these jokes i was like oh that's that's what she meant um by the way my grandmother was one of those there's a picture at our wedding and she made this naughty joke with one of our german guests and she's laughing so hard but so cute and the photographer just happened to capture this laugh and i i just want you to be so free in the expression of yourself this year that you are known to be fearless to those around you. Um, I also found myself asking the question, because, you know, what is it? What does it mean to be fearless? And is fearless the same as brave? So I decided to, let's see what Google says, because, you know, we have to consult with our AI these days. And Google says... A fearless person may not experience fear in the first place, while a brave person may feel fear but chooses to act courageously despite it. Both qualities are admirable in their own ways and can be valuable in different situations. So thank you, Google. Oh, I think our word should actually be courageous and brave, but fearless just sounds so much more feisty it's like you're ready to run a marathon, speak your mind and conquer whatever fears you might have. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, but you know what I mean? You're you're going to you're going to go out into this year being fearless and brave. Um and I'm going to I'm going to equip you with something else, a song for the year. I mean, I currently have this earworm Sweet Caroline after watching Trevor Noah's uh, new documentary or his comedy skit on Netflix. Um, But I tell you what, we have a Spotify playlist out called Fearless Woman 2024. Um, Let's make it Hype Woman Fearless. Fearless Hype Woman 2024. Yes, that's it. Fearless Hype Woman 2024. Some upbeat jams to get you fired up for your year. Um, I was in Morocco last week, and for me this year, I really want to commit to being more healthy and exercise a lot more regularly. Sometimes we know what we have to do, but we just have to Nike do it. Like someone has to flip that switch on into action. That's what I need. And so, anyway, we stayed at a beach, at a hotel on the beach. The temperature during the day went up to 24 degrees, so it was really quite perfect, not too hot, not too cold. And, um, you know, like a lot of sunshine. So coming out of this dark, miserable winter in Germany, it was such a blessing. And uh, on our stay, we met another couple, always helps to meet someone you can compare yourself with, who had a lot in common with us. So the guy, he was German, my husband is also German. They had three kids. We have two kids around the same age as theirs. The wife was Asian. I'm technically South Asian. So basically, my husband said he met someone like him, a middle, another middle-aged European man who got lucky with a foreign exotic wife. Um, yeah. And then we met another couple, the guy from Luxembourg and his Moroccan wife. And I kid you not, both these women that we met were gorgeous and smart. Anyway, the first couple, they would take these seven kilometer runs on the beach while my husband and I would just lay around on the beach chairs and discuss our plans to get into health. You know how we make plans? And obviously we weren't going to lose weight that way. So I kept poking my husband and and said, look, look, they're running, they're running. We have to do the same tomorrow. We have to get started. And so the next day, we took a nice long Nordic walk on the promenade around sunset. And as we were walking and running, we noticed that that there were these exercise equipment stationed at intervals along the beach. And so we ran for a little bit. And then we stopped and then we worked out on the machines for a bit. And of course, like we didn't actually intend on working out. It was just supposed to be a little bit of fun for the kids so that they had something to do. And it felt great. Like our plans were starting to move along a little bit. They were starting to, you know, get implemented. And the kids got involved. So team involvement, check. And at this one interval, there was this young guy with his beatbox playing the most insane tunes and working out to them. I was so, so good. And so we joined him. And then we ended up staying a little bit longer at that station. And then after that, I was convinced my lack of training had nothing to do with my lack of discipline. Maybe I just didn't have a playlist. So maybe you need a playlist to get you switched on, to activate those, I like to move it, move it vibes yeah and what else has been going on um I guess my holiday also gave me a lot of time to reflect and to read I was um on the plane and it's like a three and a half hour flight so you know pretty decent time to open my kindle and start reading um and I I realized that I had one of these books that was like sitting in my kindle for like possibly a few years um And um, I started reading it because it was uh, based on the story of a Liberian woman. And I thought, well, I'm going to North Africa. Might as well read a book about an African country. Um, But as I got into it, and this has not happened to me in a long time, I'm the kind of person who will open a book, start a few pages, put a marker in it, start another book come back to this other book. I I, I I generally do not finish books like start to end unless it's really, really riveting. And I did not expect this to happen with this book. So this brings me to my role model for this moment in time is this woman, Lema Roberta Gabawi. And I hope that I am pronouncing her name right. She is the author of the book um, Mighty Be Our Powers, How Sisterhood, Prayer, and Sex Changed a Nation. So yeah, so it's about a Liberian activist who's responsible for leading a women's nonviolent peace movement um, that helped bring an end to the second Liberian civil war back in 2003 so now her efforts to end the war along with her collaborations with you know other women in in other african countries like she shares all of these and she starts out like you know as a as a teenage child with lots of hopes and dreams for herself and how the war just like took all of that away and she helped usher in a period of peace and enabled a free election in 2005 that brought the first female president into power. Soleima was also awarded the 2011 Nobel Peace Prize for um, their non violent struggle for the safety of women and for women's rights to the full participation in peace bullying work. And if you know anything about wars, you'll know that women and children are the most affected. Their rights are almost n- negligible. Like nobody cares about women during the war. They are raped. They are, they, you know, yeah, no one, no one's, no one listens to women during those times. Um, and back in 2003, Gabawi, she at the time had three kids. She led a delegation of Liberian women to Ghana to put pressure on, on the warring factions during the peace talk process because she felt just talking about peace was not good enough. Like people were just talking, enjoying these five star stays at hotels, but they were not actually doing anything. At first, the woman sat in, so she rallied up this group of women. She she really, really was able to mobilize huge amounts of women. And at first, these women, they sat in a daily demonstration outside these five-star posh hotels where the negotiators met, pressurizing for progress in their talks. Like she said that they were going to sit there until they signed a ceasefire, until they signed a peace cooperation. When the talks dragged from early June until late July with no progress made and violence continuing in Liberia, Gabawi led dozens of women eventually swelling into a couple hundred inside this hotel where they simply dropped down in front of the glass door that was the main entrance to the meeting room. They held signs that said butchers and murderers of Liberian people stop." Gabawi passed a message to the lead mediator who was um, a former president of Nigeria at the time that the women would interlock their arms and remain seated in the hallway holding these delegates hostage until a peace agreement was reached. So um, the, the, the lead mediator, Abu Bakr, who proved to be sympathetic to these women, announced with some amusement the peace hall has been seized by General Lehmeyer and her troops. When the men tried to leave the hall, Lehmeyer and her allies threatened to rip their clothes off. So here's the the backstory is in Africa sitting outside the negotiating room during the following days, ensuring that the atmosphere at the peace talks changed from circus like to somber. Because um I think when okay, sorry, when women When the woman tried to leave the hall, Lema and her allies threatened to rip their clothes off. So in Africa, it is terrible to curse to see a married or elderly woman deliberately bear herself. Um, And yeah, with Abu Bakr's support, um, the woman remained sitting outside negotiating the room during the following days to bring about peace. The Liberian War officially ended weeks later with the signing of this Accra Compre- Comprehensive Peace Agreement on the 18th of August in 2003. But what women did marked the beginning of the end. And I think just, it's just so incredible um, to, to, you know, as women, sometimes we feel like we have no resources, like we are so helpless. And I think a lot of these women in the story felt that way. But sometimes you just need someone who has these leadership qualities, who's able to bring women in numbers. And in addition to helping bring an end to this 14 years of warfare in Liberia, this woman's movement led to the 2005 election of Ellen Johnson Sirleaf, who was the female president of Liberia, the first elected female leader in in an African country. And Sirleaf is the co-recipient of the 2011 Nobel Peace Prize. Um, So yeah, they were awarded the prize for their non-violent struggle for the safety of women and for women's rights to full participation in peace-building work. And yeah... um, Again, the book is called Mighty Be Our Powers, How Sisterhood, Prayer, and Sex Changed a Nation. So, another thing, these women held back on sex from their partners to make sure their message was heard. And probably felt. Can you imagine withholding sex from men in times of war? Like, that is dangerous. And here's the funny thing about fearless women. I don't think truly fearless women set out to be fearless. In this case, they were just so fed up and angry, hungry and devastated by the loss of their kids, their children, their their families, that they resorted to the most drastic resorts to bring about peace. But they were not violent because that's what they wanted most. They wanted peace. So fear and courage is actually a trait or byproduct when you move in the direction of where you want to go despite the insurmountable obstacles that might be in front of you. So like, you know, if you're thinking about a goal this year that you need to accomplish, what are the obstacles? And I want you to watch how you talk to yourself. Are you making excuses for yourself? Are you sabotaging why things won't work? I know because I do the same all the time. One of my most famous self-sabotaging um remarks as I'm a mom. I have to take care of my kids. I and yes, I do. But when I look at Lema, Lema has three kids. She she didn't take care of them all by herself though. But she was still able to accomplish what she needed to do. Of course it came at a cost. Um but I think she she had accomplished so much that she could return back to her kids. And and really, really Develop them in a different way. Um, I'd, I'd like to end with what my hope for this year is. My hope for women this year is I want you to stop apologizing for being a woman. Stop apologizing for being a mom who prioritizes her kids. Stop apologizing for having an entire home when your friends come over. Stop apologizing for asking too many questions. Stop apologizing for saying no to too many tasks. Stop apologizing for taking up space or just owning your story. Um, I know that the world is very polarized right now and everyone has different opinions based on where we are. In the world and what social media we are, we are viewing. But everyone has a story. Everyone has a reason why they believe what they believe, and I just want to encourage you to just be open. You know, one of the things I've loved uh, doing and learning on my podcast is just getting to listen to people's stories. Listening has really opened my mind, and it's another reason why I love travel. I love going to places that really challenge my own bias um, that challenge the way I see the world because I believe that everyone has a reason why they do the things that they do and um, and sometimes we also just have to hear the other side so yeah here's to owning your story but also being open to hearing the other side who knows we might have some men on the podcast this year Speaking of hearing the other side. Um, But yeah, be you this year. Be unapologetically you.